Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Equitymates Media, this is The Dive. I'm your stand-in host, Darcy Cordell. Only in China, the same developer is accepting down payments in garlic too. Chinese property developers are now accepting garlic in exchange for property. You heard that right. And no, garlic isn't code. 500 grams of garlic will get you 5 yuan off your property. Or maybe more realistically, 5 tonnes of garlic will get you 50,000 yuan off your property. That's a little over 7,000 US dollars. As we scale up our Instagram, follow it by the way, at thedive.businessnews, we came across this story and it got us wondering, what the hell is going on? Chinese property was front of mind for many investors last year as we watched property developer Evergrande struggle with its $300 billion in debt. Turn away for a few months and now Evergrande's developer peers are accepting fruit and vegetables as payments. But the Chinese property machine hasn't completely crumbled. This is really, in many ways, only just beginning. It's Wednesday the 13th of July, and today I want to know what is happening to China's property market, and why does it now involve fruit and vegetables? To help me understand what is happening, I'm joined by the co-founder of Equity Mates, Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome. Hey Darcy, good to be here. I think this is the first time you're hosting. It is, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, and a very interesting story. Well, a fascinating headline for you to kick things off with. Yeah, despite the funny headline, there is a big story developing here, Alec. Where does it start? So Chinese property has been in a downturn for a while and Evergrande was the name on everyone's lips last year. But if we go back a decade or so, Chinese property has been in an unbelievable bull market. It created the perfect conditions for the world's biggest ever property boom. Prices were rising and housing was sold as quickly as it could be built. To keep up with demand, Chinese property developers borrowed, and borrowed a lot. Which is all fine if prices keep rising and property keeps selling like hotcakes, but it's not fine if it slows down. And Chinese property did slow down a lot. Property sales have fallen over 40% from this time last year. There are enough empty homes in China right now to house about 90 million people greater than the population of Germany or the UK. 90 million. That is absurd. Basically, Chinese property developers overborrowed, overbuilt, and are now struggling to sell as a result. That 90 million number is just staggering. You've got to understand housing in the Chinese context. Uh, it's uh, the only game in town. It's the biggest game in town. We're talking about an asset class, which is the largest investment asset class on, on earth, which... Xi Jinping might not enjoy it being called an, an asset class because, of course, they're for living in. But nonetheless, it's 66 trillion US dollars worth of uh, asset value there. And this is why many of us have become acutely aware of Evergrande and its $300 billion of debt. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. We all became experts in Chinese property development for about a month last year as the world got worried about Evergrande 
Uh, it was the most indebted company in the world, I believe, with 300 billion US dollars in debt. The Chinese property market is a bit like a game of Jenga. But Darcy, the important thing to remember here for this story is when a company has debt, there is someone on the other side, a bank, a lender, a company. There is someone on the other side of that debt that expects to get paid back. The most indebted property company in the world, Evergrande Group. If Evergrande really goes under, it will definitely become China's biggest ever bankruptcy case. And last year, we were so worried about Evergrande because if they couldn't pay back that $300 billion in debt, there were lenders on the other side, in some cases Chinese banks, that would miss out on that money. And that could then spread to the rest of the economy. Echoes, similar but not quite the same as America in 2008. Another Lehman Brothers moment. I remember contagion risk was the buzzword for about a month there, but then our attention was taken by events on the other side of the world and we went from being Chinese property experts to European energy analysts. (laughs) So what actually happened from there in China? At its peak, Chinese developers were building 15 million homes every year. Why did they build so many of them? Because there was a time when real estate was considered a safe bet. Many Chinese citizens saw property as a reliable investment, so many families ended up buying a second or even a third house. So China has been working hard to engineer a soft landing. And if you want more on that, uh, Comedian V Economist did a great episode on that last week. But this has been a two-sided process. On one hand, China wants developers to be able to sell the housing they have built, that 90 million or so empty apartments, to generate cash to pay back their debt. On the other hand, a lot of Chinese citizens' wealth is tied up in real estate. It's the largest asset class in the world, Chinese real estate, worth 66 trillion US dollars. Wow. Well, it was worth that much. The government doesn't want to see a crash in the property market and the wealth of regular Chinese citizens wiped out. So to get around that, the Balancing Act, we've seen Chinese property developers discount their property Deep, deep discounts. So they can basically keep saying the price is something even if they're selling it for 40% or more below that price. Yeah, that's right. The market hasn't crashed. We're just selling everything at deep discounts. And that sparked a reaction from some Chinese cities. They've cracked down on this discounting and limited the amount that developers can discount. Property developers in China are out of cash. They're so desperate that they're selling property for wheat. You heard that right. In China, property dealers are resorting to an unheard of barter. Which, Darcy, brings us to the garlic. The garlic. I've been waiting for this, Alec. What's the deal here? So in lieu of cash discounts, if you can no longer say 40% off your apartment, uh, these developers have found ways around it. And one of them is to accept fruit and vegetables as payment for property, but they're accepting it at well over the market price. What if the buyer does not have wheat? Well, there is another option then. You can pay with garlic. Only in China, the same developer is accepting down payments in garlic too. If a ton of garlic is worth $100 to a farmer, property developer might be saying it's worth $500 and that way they're giving the property buyers a discount. Okay, I think I understand how this works, but does it mean that regular Chinese citizens are actually going out and buying a whole bunch of garlic and wheat to get a property? (laughs) Not quite. This uh, policy is more aimed at farmers uh, and developers are accepting garlic, watermelons, wheat 
and barley uh, to discount deposits for new apartments. We're not quite seeing a run on the supermarkets in Beijing yet. Basically, a farmer can offset just under 24000 US dollars of their deposit uh, by using produce rather than cash. Wow. And I've read that they're not just accepting payment in the produce, they're also offering it as incentives. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Poly Real Estate, one of China's biggest developers, said it would gift buyers a 100 kilogram or 220 pound hog if they purchased a home in a certain housing development. So dinner served, I guess. <laughs> that is incredible. They're, they're really desperate for buyers, aren't they? But it just doesn't seem like a long-term solution to me. Property developers are still in trouble and there's still this concern about contagion. Yeah, that's right. Produce isn't going to save the Chinese property industry. Evergrande has defaulted on more than 20 billion US dollars of their foreign debt. Five Chinese property developers have defaulted since last year. The Evergrande Group, the Kaisa Group, Sunak China Holdings, the Yuzu Group and the Fantasia Holdings Group. Failed debts, debts are spreading like cancer in China's property sector. Goldman Sachs has made a prediction. A third of China's top developers could default this year. We're talking about 22 companies expected to default. Earlier this month, Shanghai-based Shimao Group was unable to pay $1 billion US dollars on its debt as some of the biggest developers are defaulting on dollar-denominated bonds. So there's some massive companies kind of going under here, defaulting, and the pressure on these debt-laden property developers is not showing any signs of easing soon. That's right. In the second half of the year, 60 Chinese property groups are due to make over 13 billion US dollars in payments, and concerns are that many of these developers won't be able to meet those payments. So Darcy, this isn't the end of this story, but it is also sparking fears of an economist's worst nightmare, a run on the banks. All right, Alec, before we get into that worst nightmare, let's just take a quick break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There are enough empty homes in China right now to house about 90 million people. This is enough room to house the entire population of France. These units are empty, they have no takers, and experts say they will remain empty because China has built way too many houses. Welcome back to The Dive. We've been speaking about China's struggling property developers, but the concern has always been that their struggles would spread to the rest of the economy. Alec, before the break, you mentioned the term bank run. Can you give me a quick explainer? Yeah, so when a bank takes in your savings, they don't store it all in the vault. They lend it out to people and to companies, uh, to home buyers that want to borrow money. And they do this because they are confident that not every saver is going to want their deposits back at the same time. They don't need to keep all of your money in the bank. They just need to keep enough 
to give you what you want when you want it. Okay, can I play devil's advocate here? What if they all do want their money back at the same time? Yeah, well, this is this is how it happens. This is how a run on the bank starts. When people lose confidence in the bank, they all decide they need to withdraw their money ASAP because they're not confident the bank can store their money. And when a lot of customers try to withdraw their savings at the same time, the bank doesn't have enough money in the vault to give it to them. Vault is probably pretty old school, uh, but let's go with it. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with it. Now, this creates panic and panic undermines confidence in the bank even more, which causes more customers to come and try and withdraw, which makes the situation worse for the bank, which causes more panic, which causes more customers to come and try and withdraw, making the situation worse for the bank. Darcy, you get the point. It's a compounding cycle or a domino effect and this is a run on the bank. Eventually, banks collapse. Okay, Alec, that's a very good explanation. Domino effect, compounding, I get it. But is this what we're seeing in China at the moment? Well, as we said before the break, for every borrower, there is a lender. And as the Chinese property developers borrowed more and more, the lenders were often Chinese banks. So if these loans are now not getting paid back, there is concern that the deposits at these banks are at risk. So we're seeing a few concerning signs at the moment. We're not seeing a run on the bank yet, let's be very clear, but we're seeing a few concerning signs. This now connects another story we published on our Instagram yesterday at the dive.businessnews. Always given another plug. <laughs> and it's about protests outside the People's Bank of China in Zhengzhou. Thousands of savers have been unable to withdraw their money since April and we're seeing escalating protests in the city as a result. A massive protest over frozen bank deposits turned violent in Zhengzhou in China. Police clashing with demonstrators on Sunday, demonstrators who were angry that some rural banks have kept millions of dollars frozen since April. At the time, the banks said they were upgrading their internal systems, but customers say they've heard nothing from the banks about the matter since then. Savers in Zhengzhou weren't able to get their money out, which undermined confidence across the city, other savers, other banks. Everyone started to get very nervous about uh, the banking situation there. We've started to see protests in the street, and there was a video that we posted on our Instagram if people want to go and watch that. Chinese authorities are doing everything they can to quell these protests and maintain confidence in the banking system. But yeah, people are worried about the, I guess, the liquidity or the solvency of some of these banks. And it's pretty rare to see public protests in China, but it's fair enough, I think. I mean, if I'm unable to access my savings for months, I would definitely be out there protesting. I've seen reports that these are life savings of some people. You can't just sit around and, and do nothing. That's right. I think they're... The estimates are it's 1.5 billion US dollars worth of saving that, savings that is at risk. Now, we should be clear that the concerns here may not be related to the bad debts of property developers. Chinese officials have said they're investigating fraudulent activity of a company, New Fortune Group, uh, which is the largest shareholder in a number of the banks that are involved. But it does come in the context of increasing bank runs among a number of China's smaller regional banks over the past few years. And these bank troubles are undermining overall confidence in the system. And that brings us full circle. If on one hand, these Chinese banks are seeing nervous depositors call on their savings, and on the other hand, we see borrowers unable to pay back their debts, we might see a liquidity crisis. And that's where countries get into trouble. Banking is a balancing act. Bringing in enough deposits so 
you can lend, lending enough so you can make money and pay interest on those deposits and keeping enough liquidity, aka enough money in the vault to give money back to depositors when they call it. If on one hand, the depositors all want to try and get their money out pretty quick at the same time, and on the other hand, the borrowers stop being able to repay their debt, China's banks may face a liquidity crisis. Now, the Chinese state is always willing to step in and may need to step in in unprecedented ways to stop a Chinese banking crisis affecting other parts of the economy or the global economy. But I think the conclusion here, at least at this point, is this is a story worth watching and one that definitely has more to play out. I think we can say that a story that started with garlic ends with the risk of potential global economic crisis. <laughs> yes. Not exactly the fun episode that we set up, but a fascinating story nonetheless. Let's leave it there for today. I'm sure it is one that we'll come back to as things develop over in China. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Dive. If there's a story you want us to talk about, contact us at thedive at equitymates.com or follow us on all the social media channels. All those details in the show notes below. Remember to rate and review us in your favourite podcast app, five stars, and subscribe so you'll have every episode delivered to you the moment it drops. Thanks for joining me today, Alec. Thanks, Darcy. Well done. First time hosting. Cheers. Until next time. The Dive is a product of Equity Mates Media. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of The Dive acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The hosts of The Dive are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.